I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. I have a very important question for you. Blood type O. No. <laughs> no, the question is, uh, what is the best and coolest new heavy-duty diesel pickup? Ooh, well, there's three to choose from. Yeah, we're talking about the big three. Yeah. Because uh, Toyota and Nissan do not participate in the one ton, three quarter ton category. Nissan almost did. Yes. <laughs> but they still, but, and they, were, they were never quite there. Yeah, but, but they discontinued their big diesel. Years ago, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so of course we're talking about uh, all the recent testing we did uh, on the big turbo diesels. We're mm -hmm. talking about the brand new 2023, all new Super Duty Ford. Yep. We're talking about the 2024 Chevy mm -hmm. Silverado. And, of course, uh, the Ram Cummins Heavy Duty. All right. So all of these are dualies. All of these, the, the ones that we tested are 4x4s. Yep. And they're all uh, the big cabs, right? Yeah, the big cabs and also fairly luxurious. I mean, okay. we can talk about everything in this. And, but let's focus a little bit more on the engines. Okay. Also, because... Uh, that's where I think the biggest contentions are. Okay. Uh, because all most of them now are able to tow similar amounts. Around 30,000, right? Yeah, or, or even above or in even some above. cases. Okay. Uh, but also, yeah, so let's discuss because we've done iGauntlets. Yes. We've done MPG, some MPG loops. Yes, we have. And, of course, drag racing. Which is the most important for, for <laughs> consumers. But, hey, how about before we get there, let's talk about our Patreon supporters. Yeah, we should. Because without you guys, we would not be here. So Jerry Dudley recently supported us uh, with Thank a you, fairly big donation. Thank you, Jerry. And so every little bit helps. We don't have a lot of questions this week. Uh, we usually uh, look at the com some comments and questions. Uh, but recently, uh, Dan, uh, we had a conversation with Dan over here. Dan purchased a 2024 BMW X5 50E plug-in. And he said we could use his vehicle for testing. Against trucks? Uh, he didn't specify. Okay. <laughs> but, he, oh, he did say you, you're welcome to drag race it. Wow. 
Okay, well. That's going to be something. Yeah, and if you guys have a unique vehicle, preferably a modern one, and you're interested in putting it on our drag strip or doing a Dude, I Love My Ride episode, contact us at... Ask at tfltruck.com. Bingo. That's right. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tflcar. Yeah, that feeds both truck and car. And everything else, TFL. Yeah, that's right. So that's the only one Patreon page. Uh, but also, we, we do series we call, well, tumbleweed series, mm-hmm. right? Where you can bring your off-roader and tackle some of our uh, off-road courses at our ranch. <laughs> Weather permitting. Weather permitting, because <laughs> we've got so much rain recently. Yeah. So first of all, muddy. Everywhere muddy. Yes. But then overgrown with brush and grass of all kinds which can be a real obstacle if it grows thick enough yes and we recently maintained the course we we trimmed david was a huge help yes he was oh my goodness without david i think we would be lost here. without david tfl off-road at the very least wouldn't exist the way it does yeah and then he also uh, actually put a couple of logs in the deepest demises of tommy's demise Oh, good. That'll help uh, because there's some spots where it's because it's bottomless. Yeah, you know that creek is really soft bottom, and you can really sink your truck inside of it. Well, it's kind of like Tommy. He is a bottomless trough of wealth knowledge. of knowledge. Yes. 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 All right. Yeah, it matches. Nice. Yeah, you're welcome, Tommy. All right. So, should we continue with? Uh, there's another comment, isn't there? Uh, yes. So for those of you who are interested in becoming a member, you know, becoming a Patreon, one of the cool things that will happen is we'll read, if you want, your question or statement here on our podcast. And in addition, we will personally respond to your uh, question and or request. Um, as opposed to, say, a comment down below from the video, we'll try to get to those. We'll try to read as many as we can, and we'll respond from time to time. But that's not a guarantee because there are so many, thousands almost daily. Yeah, we really appreciate it, but we read most of them at least. We try. Yeah, yeah. because thank you for doing that, and we listen to your feedback. And there was a lot of feedback on the heavy-duty truck. Um, yes, and that's pr- part of this. Definitely. Yeah, primarily, uh, what's American? That's a, That was a big question. <laughs> you guys are going to be sorely disappointed when I give you some additional information about your American trucks, but let's 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 go. So let's let's talk about this. So for 2023, this is our calendar year, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. Uh, you remember like a year ago, we said 2023 is going to be the year of the heavy duty and also the year of the midsize. Yes. And it's coming true. It absolutely is. Um, we did a midsize show a couple of shows ago. Now we're talking about heavy duty trucks because for 23, Ram updated some technologies. Yeah. So they changed, uh, for example, their mirrors, their camera systems, uh, additional cameras that you can plug in your truck, integrate it all together in yeah. a very clever way. So they updated some technologies. And that may sound like it's not a big deal, but for people who tow for a living, it's actually a pretty big deal. Yeah, but I think they can do more as, as, a, as sales numbers show. Yeah. They're, they're down in sales. So we'll discuss that a little bit later in the show. Okay. GM is refreshed. So they have a new front end. They have new interiors on most models, not all, but mm, most. Yeah. Uh, and of course, new power. They have the new horsepower and torque on their Duramax diesel, and they have a 10-speed Allison branded transmission on their gas V8. That is correct. And then Ford came out and basically said, we have an all-new truck. Well, their frame is mostly unchanged, but they changed almost everything else. Yeah, that's right. We're talking powertrains. Interiors, exteriors. Exteriors, just about everything. And on the features and cameras also. Absolutely. 
And it's a truck with a heads-up display now, similar to what GM's been doing. That's right. So they're very competitive. Um, so we put them on the Ike Gauntlet also, so you can see that video. Unfortunately, we didn't have a Ram truck on the on the Ike, mm -hmm. so that, that was quite unfortunate. But we will be doing that shortly. That's right. You'll still be able to see that. It just it didn't happen at the same time as the other two. But it'll come real soon. Yeah. So uh, let's let's address that question head on. Uh, I guess what's the most American truck, and because I, I think pr American pride really matters here, right? Sure. Uh, we were talking heavy-duty vehicles that do work mm -hmm. for a living. These trucks, uh, most of them, all three of them, we're, we're showing you the dualies, have about five thousand pounds of payload. Mm -hmm. Ram is a little bit lower. We'll discuss that shortly, um, and thirty or thirty-one thousand pounds of towing. Right. Huge. Considering where we were just 10 years ago, yes, that is huge. So um, before we go fully into the what is American made and you know the content of these three trucks, I wanted to point something out to you guys, and I'm not doing this to be facetious or snarky or anything else. However, mm. components that are in these vehicles, not just the components in terms of where the glass and steel comes from, but the electronics the wiring looms themselves, a lot of those things are not necessarily sourced in the United States. That's on all of these vehicles. In addition to a lot of those components and smaller components and rubber grommets and whatnot, that are not necessarily sourced here. Also think about the machines that actually build them. The machines that the are robots used, themselves. the robots themselves, yeah. in many cases, are not American-made. So technically speaking, they could be made by something that's actually built in a foreign land. Just keep that in mind before you start trumping and balancing your chest and, you know, yell, yell, yell. Don't. We're just pointing out the reality of what's going on. Now, from there, let's move on to where these trucks, uh, w what's going on with them. Yeah, so, and the reality really is um, every vehicle is global. Yes. Right. If you look at any vehicle, car, truck, pickup, SUV, van, um, but but these trucks, I think they're focused on our American market. And indeed, um, they are. And, and when I say American, I'm also you know actually including Canada, and to a large extent Mexico. Even though in Mexico some smaller trucks exist as well, mm -hmm. but Canadian uh, market also loves big giant uh, pickups. Yes, I agree. So. Uh, let's let's look at Ram first, right? So they're doing something that I call best of breed, right? Mm -hmm. Where a manufacturer combines components from several different companies into one. Mm -hmm. Cummins engine, right? That's not owned by, you know, Stellantis or FCA. That's correct. Um, ice and transmission in their high output application, that's also not owned by FCA or Ram um, okay. or Stellantis. Um, but they wrap it all into one package because they've been building pickups for many decades, right? And they create something that I would call best of breed for them. This is their vision, right, yeah. of what that truck is. Um, and they've been doing it for a long time, but their truck, the current Ram Heavy Duty, is aging a little bit. Well, it's it's in terms of tech, it's falling behind the other two. Not well. Tech is okay, but mm -hmm. um, it's a different philosophy. It's a straight six, yeah. right? The horsepower numbers are not super high, right. but you would argue, why do you need high horsepower, right? When you need just torque and, and the right gearing and everything yeah. else too, right? Yeah. And it's still able to perform on the same levels as other two in terms of capacity. Yes. Yeah. And it's built in Mexico. That's right. 
But you source the other materials from other places, including the United States. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Because the engine comes from the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly where this ISIN is built, but it could be a global product as well. I thought sure. it was global, but yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm not 100%. You let us know in the comments below if you guys have a, a you know, lock in where the ISIN transmission comes from. But yes, it is assembled there. And I'm sure that um, you know some of you may have concerns about that. But here's the other side of it. Uh, from what I gather, and from the vehicles that we've had that were also built in Mexico, and that are uh, Ram. Yes. They've been really solid. Yeah, we have a Ram 2500 uh, Trailhound. Yeah. We beat uh, the bejeebies out of it. We um, have, and it has just taken it, smiled, and asked for more. It is remarkably robust. So I, I honestly don't... I'm not going to throw any dispersions in terms of the fact that it's built south of the border versus where it's built here. In that respect, the quality seems to be there. Well, let's look at the, for something else for a second. Mm-hmm. Old Tacomas are now built in Mexico. That's right. They moved the plant from they, Texas yeah. because of the, uh, the amount the that they're building right in the tundra. Yeah. Uh, I think the Tundra and the Sequoia are now built side by side in the same in, plant. In San Antonio, Texas. Right, right. But of course now Tacoma, all of them uh, for the U.S. Mm-hmm. are built in Mexico. So, uh, And the whole thing that manufacturers try to do is kind of replicate success, right? If it was successful in one factory, it can become successful in all Especially factories. Especially with automation. Yeah. Because then you take the human element, which is the propensity for mistakes, out of it to a certain degree, if you have robotics and everything else, it's actually taking care of a lot of this, and you can have even quality throughout. And processes, of course. Processes yes. are very huge. Anyway, so the Cummins engine right now, and for the last two, three model years, 420 horsepower is their high output number, mm-hmm. and 1,075 pound-feet of torque. They were actually the first manufacturer over 1,000. Yeah, I remember that was a really big story. Remember, Jim Morrison so, actually was. that the Chicago Auto Show that they did? Did they mention that? Probably, because they love Chicago. Yeah, they do. Yeah, And I, I think Jim Morrison, who's now a Jeep, was at Ram. <laughs> right. And he was one of the key people working on this and pushing the boundaries of torque. Yeah, there, yeah. With, that, with that Cummins. blew everybody away. But but now, where's Ford? <laughs> Ford, <laughs> they're like, you know what? Hold my drink, like, yeah. so to speak. And um, they came out with this gigantic new high-output V8. Well, where, where is the, uh, the heavy-duty Ford's built? Where, uh, Rose? So, so that's... Uh, uh, no, no, no. So not Super Duties, because their F-150s are built there. That's right. So, the so where's the... Uh, they're in Kentucky. Okay. They're near Louisville. So, um, so Super Duties... So most of these trucks actually have multiple plants mm-hmm. because they have so much volume. Well, yeah, they have selling. to turn out so many of them, right? Right. Uh, but um, so in Kentucky, they built a lot of Super Duties. They also built Expeditions there mm-hmm. and Lincoln um, Navigators. Gotcha. So a lot of them share some components like the electronic packages and some other technology. Probably similar wiring looms and all that yeah. stuff that go throughout. Uh, and then Ford is not um, doing what I call best of breed, where you combine many different uh, manufacturers into one. They decided to design and manufacture their own turbo diesel engine and mm. their own transmission. Right. So they're really, all of the components are kind of owned by them and designed and tested integrated by them. Is that running with a 10-speed now? Yes. Okay. So all new Super Duties are 10-speeds. The RAM is still 6-speed. And I think that's kind of the Achilles heel, maybe a little bit, because I think if it had more gears than 6, it could have a little bit better efficiencies in some ways, and maybe even acceleration, because you would have better gearing. But I thought there was an 8-speed available for heavy-duty RAMs. 
Those are gas engines only. Ah, those okay. are ZFs. ZF also has a very good reputation. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. So, so here's the rumor. Everybody wants, and I think we're a little bit guilty of this rumor too mm-hmm. at TFL. Um, everybody wants RAM to stay with the Cummins, right? Because that's kind of synonymous with RAM trucks. Yeah, they're known to be durable. But maybe put an Allison transmission behind it. Mm. And there's a unique Allison transmission, which is nine speeds, not 10, mm-hmm. but nine and use that nine speed behind it and improve drivability and acceleration and maybe even efficiency. It might even be smoother too. Well, who knows, yeah. yeah so, it's, it's hard to say, we don't, you know, we- And Allison has a great name. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what um, that company was known for for decades is really great transmissions. Doesn't somebody else use them? Uh, Chevrolet. Yeah, we're about to get there. So let's talk about it because it's another little bit confusing topic. So Allison, Transmi- Allison company was um, owned by GM, mm-hmm. but now they're, they're separate. They're yes. recently separated. Um, and Allison is based in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana, and they originally, Indy 500, you know, that track is where they used to test, and they created the track to test their transmissions mm-hmm. and vehicles. So a lot of cool history, and they make transmissions for school buses, military vehicles, fire trucks, big buses. They really have a sterling reputation. Yeah. So... What GM did um, is they designed, according to them, their 10-speed automatic transmission for heavy duty. Mm -hmm. And they gave it to Allison. Right. And they had it certified at Allison. Which is why you have to say Allison branded transmission. Yes. Because it's not an in-house Allison transmission. It wasn't made by them, technically. Yeah. Um, And then, but things are changing at GM, right? Then we need to talk about the Duramax. Right. There's a lot of uh, inconsistent potential in terms of what people are saying about it. So, so half of them are saying this is not an American engine. Half of them are. Yes. So let's address it. So originally, GM worked with the Suzu. That's right? right. And remember my truck. I used to own the first gen Duramax. Yes, you did. Mine was a 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in 2001. The 6.6 liter, as we know it today, sort of was born from, what, 22 years ago or so? Mm-hmm. It was a really reliable engine for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, fuel injectors were a problem. But that's that's common throughout all diesels. Yeah, but you know, gear-driven timing, so there's no chains or yes. belts. Uh, very durable. It had a hand pump for the fuel, so if you needed to prime the fuel pump, you could actually, the, yeah. you could actually do it. So it was very durable, very maintainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, um, GM took more and more control of that design. Right. Because they needed to integrate it into their vehicle. So, so it's becoming more GM than ever before. And it's built in Ohio. Right. So what, what's more American than that? I know it's still a joint venture with the Suzu, mm-hmm. but now GM took charge of it and really are putting all their energy into it. Yeah, and if anybody wants to debate the fact that, you know, other, uh, you know, that Isuzu uses that powertrain overseas, which they do. Uh, Ford uses sure. their powertrains overseas, yeah. and Ram uses their powertrains overseas. Remember that you know it is a global market, and so maybe the pickups don't exist overseas, but their powertrains and a lot of their components do actually get shipped overseas. And that's, I think, what we're trying to kind of bring this down to, is that nowadays things are far more global than people give them credit for. I think what a lot of people, actually, let me throw this yeah. in there. I think what a lot of people are concerned with is, hey, did that was that built in an American factory where an American worker got paid money to bring home to take care of his American family? 
And in many cases, the answer is yes, or partially yes, like the engine was built here, right. or the transmission was built here, or other components were built here. So I, I don't really think that there's, you, you really can th- throw too much shade on any of these, honestly. And I'm not even trying to be favorable towards one or the other. They're proper American trucks. They are built in or <laughs> near North America, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the most important part is they're all capable, more capable than ever before. They all perform very well. And for the buyer who I care about, I don't care about anybody else. I care about the buyer. For the buyer, right now is a golden, golden time in heavy-duty pickup trucks because their capacities are off the scales. And this particular Chevy uh, Dually that we had is, mm-hmm. was built in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, they also have a plant in Canada. So, like we said, these companies have multiple plants. Right. There are a couple of RAM plants in Michigan as well. Mm-hmm. So, In order there. to keep up with demand, they have to have multiple plants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, there's a lot of goodness going on. So, now, how about this? How about we talk about the results of the drag race? Because there are some interesting things yes. that happened. Yeah. I'm not surprised by one of them. I'm not surprised by the vehicle that dominated. But I am a little surprised about second place, so to speak. Mm. Okay, so the first race we did was, and Mr. Truck was here in the in a big way. For those of you who are watching, you can clearly see him behind us wearing his uh, patriotic shirt, jumping several feet in the air, it looks like, in front of the trucks. And he's a heavy-duty reporter, and for him to be elevated like that in, in space, that that's huge. Dude's in his 60s, well into his 60s. Yes. I, I give him a lot of credit. So... So we decided to do a bracket race. Mm-hmm. So we put up the Ram versus Chevrolet first. And I know I was driving the Ram. And I know there was a big weight on my shoulders, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of Ram fans. Sure. Ram, and also Chevy fans and Ford fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I knew I was down on horsepower. But I thought I could have a good takeoff. You know, lots of torque down low. Right. Uh, still, you know, well over 1,000 pound feet of torque in the Ram. And the Chevy puts out less... Less torque, yeah, yeah. 975 right. versus 1,075 in the, in the Ram. So 100 uh, foot-pounds of torque difference. Yeah, the but the Chevy, of course, has more horsepower, 470 mm-hmm. versus 420. So that's about 50 horses. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Anyways, my, I had another disadvantage. The RAM is heavier. 
unfortunately. It's like on it's, old steel, some people would say. <laughs> well, it's an old platform, yes. you know? Yes, and it has the older cab mm -hmm. design, so it doesn't have the newer cab that some of the light-duty Ram trucks have. Right. Um, so my truck weighed just over 9,000 pounds. So, and we're talking about limited edition, fully luxury truck. Yeah, all I the mean, leather, the power seats, all that stuff. And it had, you know, adaptive cruise control, and it had all the features. It didn't have the latest camera system um, because it wasn't uh, the 2023 model year. It was a 2022. Mm -hmm. But it was had about 900 miles on it. Uh, actually, it was thanks to our friends at Brighton Ford, Colorado. Uh, they had to use this used truck on their on their on their lot. Yeah, so, but with only nine hundred miles on it, I mean, it's pretty new. It's pretty much brand new because you would want it to be broken in. Yeah, right. Which, you can't drag race a truck with zero miles. Exactly. On the clock. So, so it worked out really beautifully. But it was heavy. Yes. And I think that's partially why it kind of also was losing some of this uh, drag racing acceleration. Yeah, I agree with you. So these are the times we have here. Yeah. So, so the, the first race was between the Ram and the Chevy. And the Chevy won. Yeah, and the, sh the quarter mile was quite a bit different. Uh, they were close at first. Um, and also, you guys asked us, why not four-wheel drive? Mm. Right? We did not use four-wheel drive in any of these racing. That's right. a good question. All right. Well, there are a couple answers for it. Yes. Go for it. So one of the biggest answers is that I tried four-wheel drive launch in the Ford, and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Previous Super Duties liked it. So several years ago, remember at the different track, at IMI Motorsports, yes, at IMI. We, we did some drag racing as well. Uh, and previous Super Duties liked because you have more traction, right? You can launch it a little bit better. This one kind of cut power almost, it seemed. Like it, it had a great launch in four-wheel drive, but then down the line, it said, nah, -uh. it didn't want to go super fast. And I'm guessing that has to do with the fact that it has a brain and says to itself, I want to preserve the uh, transmission. Transfer, yeah, the, and the transfer and case. And the transfer case, And the, yes. all the shafts that are spinning, Yeah, right? exactly, which it's not built to be a drag racing vehicle in that respect. So you have to default to rear drive in order to keep everything healthy and happy and fast. Yeah, and it doesn't have all-wheel drive capability, so it doesn't right. have clutches. Uh, do, do any of these GM do? does. Right, and so that's a problem. So, But it's unfair if GM uses it and nobody else uses right. it. Right. So that's why you left that rear drive. Yes, and Chevy was in rear, and the Ram was in rear. Even though they were all equipped with four-wheel drive, right. we ran them in two-wheel drive. But then again, they have four tires in the back. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot <laughs> so of traction. So it's almost like four-wheel drive. That's a one except, way to put it. Except it's rear-wheel drive, and you have a lot of tire patch. Yeah, and did you break traction on any of these when you... Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... You know what? Even with, with traction control off, which is the best way to launch these, yeah. we found out because with traction on, the computers are really clamping down. They're freaking out and they're do. not going to let you rev or do anything. Um, without it, it's up to the driver, right? You have to finesse the pedals yeah. and you have to just brake torque it and boost the turbocharger just enough because if you do it too much, you're roasting the tires. Exactly. Basically. And then you're losing time on the launch. And, and also, I don't know if, we should maybe do another test in the future, mm -hmm. having a payload in the bed versus not. Oh, I'm sure that would make a lot of difference. Actually. You know, as far as how much even something you can as, get. as light as 500 pounds would make a difference. I bet because I know adding weight really kills you a little bit down the line, right? Because yeah. you're moving more weight forward. But but traction is applied when you add weight to the rear axle yeah. for sure, and yes. they also ride better, frankly. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, that'd be worth uh, looking into. Um, and the Ford was the high output with 500 horsepower and 1,200 pound-feet of torque. Jeez. So to finish up the first drag race, Chevy won by over a second in a quarter mile. Chevy ran a 16.24 in a quarter. This is at over a mile above um, sea level. Yes, this is all in Fort Collins, Colorado, mm -hmm. or just north of Fort Collins. And Ram did 17.71 in a quarter. Mm okay. Um, now it was Ford's turn. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because one thing Ford has managed to do over the past, say, decade is in terms of speed, uh, their turbocharging on all their trucks has lent to some of the fastest trucks we've driven. Yeah, including the F-150s. Yep. Uh, they also have the Raptor R now, which is absurd. Yeah, that's supercharged. Yes. And um, even even their little, you know, uh, small displacement uh, Ford Ranger, I think moves fast. So yes. we're, we're used to Fords dominating on, on quarter miles. And you would say, you know, this is a pickup truck. Why do you care? Well, a lot of these are now family daily drivers, too. Right. We're not talking maybe duallys being daily drivers. Oh, there's plenty I mean, of some are. Yeah, there's plenty that are. Some are, but when we talk about F-150s and even F-250s and Rangers, mm -hmm. you know, you want to have fun vehicle, right? Yeah, but not only that, but let's say you're on the on-ramp and you're at a light and you got a guy next to you who's giving you a funny look and he wants to cut you off because he's in his Mercedes. And you're like, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. And you decide to take and you know you've got the power to do so. Or perhaps it's something else. It's an emergency. You need to get moving fast. You or you're merging with a trailer. Right. Yeah. You need to get through an intersection as quickly as possible for whatever reason. It's nice to know that you have acceleration. And so amongst the three that we judged, absolutely the very top of the heat was Ford. Yeah. So it had a better takeoff, had a better, you know, every time was better, and it beat the Chevy significantly. It, it ran a 15.57. 15 seconds, 0.57, uh, at 92.3 miles per hour in the quarter. This is, once again, at, at the mile above sea level. Right. So then Tommy came in, and he decided to put his Mustang GT. Which is an older it. one. What, what, what year is that? It's, it's a like 2014. 14, that's So it's again. a previous gen. Mm -hmm. But or, it has the Coyote. Or previous, previous gen. Yeah. Uh, it has a Coyote 5 liter with 420 horsepower. So you would think a little baby Mustang comparatively to the dually, because the duallys, like I said, weigh between 8,500 8, pounds and 9,000 pounds Jeez. in this case. The Mustang weighs, what, just under 4,000? You know, some, something like that. I'd say about uh, 3,600, 3,700 pounds. Yeah, that's what everybody else told me yeah. uh, on, in the comments. Um, I, I actually, anyway, I want to weigh the Mustang, because okay. there's a controversy there, but that's for another topic. That's fine with uh, me. I want to go take it to the truck stop and weigh it, because I was using the gross vehicle weight rating on the Mustang and yeah. the payload, and I calculated 3,900 pounds. Okay. And everybody said I was wrong. Well, So I want to stand up for myself. And it's going to be really funny when you bring it to the scale and you prove everybody wrong, and they'll be like, oh, you put lead weights in the back. You or, totally did. Or I prove them right. <laughs> or you prove them right. That's entirely Well, I fine. should do that. Anyways. Oh, okay. So Tommy so, rolls up. Right. Tommy rolls up at the Mustang. This is just for fun, guys. Yeah, this is just for fun because, uh, you know, the, the diesel Ford was quickest. And within the first 60 feet, you know how the drag strip they measure in feet, mm -hmm. right? They were almost identical. <laughs> they had similar launches uh -huh. off the line. They were three one hundred second off on launch. Then at 330 feet down the racetrack, the Ford was just about, I don't know, 13 one hundredths of a second behind. I mean, we're talking like 
half a truck length. Yeah, if that, yeah. Uh, but in the end, you know, Ford has a smaller cross-section. It's more dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's lighter by far. So the Ford Mustang, of course, beat it in the end. Yeah, uh, it was traveling at 102 miles per hour, whereas in the F-350, it was going 92.3 miles per hour. And if you're depressed about that, don't be, because think about it, that truck was never geared and or built to race, so to speak. It was built to haul. It was built to haul heavy, heavy, stupid loads. And so being able to, to keep up with and come darn close to matching a Ford Mustang GT is pretty damn impressive. However, however, I have to say this. Now, I've driven these trucks before. I haven't driven the newest Ford, but I have driven the previous generation one, and I have driven the Chevy, and I have driven the Ram. And they all have their uh, plus and minuses in terms of how they feel down the road, how they're built in terms of sound quality, how they feel under load. They're all very different. They have different personalities. And that's the cool part, because you, as the consumer, get to choose between three different personalities. Exactly. And I actually had the benefit of driving all three trucks last week because mm-hmm. I had to move them around and I was driving to the racetrack and back. Right. So I jumped out of the Chevy and before the drag race and I drove the Ram. Mm-hmm. And I was actually impressed, um, even though the seating position is different, you know, the Ram seating position is a little bit higher. Yeah. You feel like you're sitting a little bit taller in, in it. Um, it was still super nice. Well, it was a limited edition. Yeah, that's true. But... The ride quality empty was actually not too bad. Hmm. I think all three of these trucks really kind of paid attention to ride quality, even unladen, mm. which I'm imp- I was really impressed with. I think that has to do with what we brought up earlier, which is they're starting to be used as commuters by some people. Not starting to. They've been used as commuters where maybe someone will load something in it, and the whole reason they have a dually is because they have a massive trailer they'll tow on the weekends or whatever. And then they drive it as a daily vehicle, which honestly, some of these things are efficient enough to almost make a case for that. Um, but at the end of the day, my past experience has told me that um, Chevrolet seems to be very happy being driven on the streets. You know what I mean? It's At least well, the, the previous one was very, very agile and felt like it was a little bit more, I don't know, pleasing to drive on the streets. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but it has a different front-end design. Exactly. The Ram and Ford have solid axles, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Chevrolet and GM trucks, GMC, have independent front suspensions. And we've said it before, the independent front suspensions usually can or do cater to a more comfortable ride. Yeah, and specifically, I would also say, you know, on the highway, you know, if the highway is bending, either Mm -hmm. left or right, and you have expansion joints and the bridge or something. Right. The solid axles kind of hop. Yeah, they do skip a little know. bit, especially uh, in Jeeps. Yeah, and especially in some of these big trucks as well. Mm-hmm. They because do hop. Because it's so firm. Uh, but the Chevy is a little bit more compliant over that. I think that's kind of where I'm going with yeah. this, too, is that it, 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 compliance, I think, is the right way to put it. And then, you know, if you want to rock it, something that is faster than an awful lot of cars that are built um, and has a lot of the most modern tech, Ford is sort of uh, leading the way. And then... In terms of having the comfort of something that feels like it was built like a sledgehammer, I'd say the Ram. It's just such a... So It's old, but it feels solid. And, and what I said during the video, and I meant it, uh, I think the Ram still sounds the best. It has that quality. You like I mean, that trucky sound. 
Yeah, it is trucky sound because it's a straight sex and you kind of recognize it from a mile away, uh-huh. right? And you can hear it. And it also has a manly exhaust break. Yeah, it you does. You know, when you engage that exhaust break, <laughs> you know, it kind of, you can let, it lets you know it's working. Right. And it's actually very effective, even in our Trailhound, because mm-hmm. it has a Cummins as well. Right. Uh, I was coming down the mountain with a trailer recently when we were doing some filming with our camping trailer. Mm-hmm. And I never touched the brake once in our local canyon road. It was a beautiful experience coming down. I would, uh, yeah. Coming down the mountain. Um, I, I, I also wanted to show the Ike because I, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the Ike. Uh, here we go. The Ike Gauntlet is our world's toughest towing test. Um, why? Because of elevation. Elevation, um, angle, and the requirements we're pushing onto the truck. We go for maximum weight, or at least the maximum weight that the truck is supposed to both carry and pull. Yeah, and we're talking about 11,000, over 11,000 feet of elevation, eight-mile stretch of um, Interstate 70, and 7% grade. Yeah. So those are pretty demanding numbers. We've been, actually, we're about to celebrate 10 years of the I Gauntlet. My goodness. 10 Remember years. Uh, when and it, the first one was Roman and Mr. Truck in a Ram 3500, actually. That was yeah. our first truck. And then, of course, you and I started to come in and we were helping out. I was measuring brake temperatures mm-hmm. and kind of, and then we accelerated forward. Yep. And we're now at a point where this is not only a test that is, uh, you know, popular for TFL, but um, co- other commercial entities, including manufacturers, have used it to base certain uh, research on their vehicles. Uh, that's including. They're using it for their own testing. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think they recognize that we found something, a route that is a true test of a vehicle, especially under load. Yeah. So we hooked up this case, um, 27,000 pounds approximately. What were you talking It looks like a military vehicle. Yeah. It's a um, L- um, LMTV. No, JLTV. Uh, it's a Stuart and Stevenson chassis. It's a giant military truck. Uh-huh. Um, the truck, the military truck that's on the trailer weighs about 15,000 pounds. The trailer weighed about 12,000 pounds because it's a giant hydraulic dovetail, 44-foot deck. Pretty insane. So you're getting pretty close to 30,000 pounds right there. Yeah. And these trucks, the way they're configured, at least for uh, this year's testing, they're close to 31,000 of towing. Okay. So we were not at the super, super max, but we were reaching the payload capacities of some of these trucks. Yeah. And I think it's a very realistic load. I mean, often I've seen dualies towing, you know, with large trucks and or several cars in the bed or whatnot, hot shots you know, yeah. running around. Yeah, yeah. So this is a realistic test. And also that military truck was like a billboard. So yeah. that's important to note because it was actually set back a little bit for uh-huh. weight distribution. Right. So the wind comes over the pickup truck. And slams right into and that. And slams into the military truck, which is like a billboard. So you have so, all that extra drag. In yeah. addition to all the extra wheels of the trailer and everything else is also creating drag. And it killed our efficiencies, of oh, course. Oh, I bet it did. It, it killed our efficiencies. But uh, that's why it's the hardest test. Yep. Uh, the toughest test in the land. Um, I wanted to – so we mentioned how – the Ford was quick, right? Yeah. Do you like our hats? I was laughing. It. I think it's great. You are more cowboy than I will ever be, my friend, and I absolutely think it's hysterical. Well, I'm a little bit city slicker, also, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I'm from a big city. <laughs> you are indeed. Anyways, uh, well, Mr. Truck is a true, you know, he's the, he's he's the proper farm boy. boy. Yeah. yeah, he really grew up on a farm. He, Don't ask what he was doing he, there. He I bailed can't. hay. 
among we other things. We can say that. Yeah, yeah, we can legally say that he bailed hay, and <laughs> that's it. That's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> um, but Ford was getting a little warm. So Ford on the mountain, you could also watch the video for details. Yeah. Uh, Chevrolet was managing its temperatures a lot better mm, than Ford. Interesting. Did. None of them like derated or were overheating, or not, nothing like that. But, right. But Ford temperatures were higher. Um, I guess engineers, you know, decided to allow that, or maybe I don't know. Maybe the algorithm for the cooling was different. Uh, but I liked the Chevrolet that it never let the temperature spike. Uh, I think Chevy team did better at designing those things, but. Ford performed really great on, on the downhill. The braking was amazing. On the uphill, it was it was the quickest truck. I'm mountain. not surprised at all. Once again, yeah, yes. yeah. For Ford likes to add, just like pack on the power. But at the end of the day, and I, I bet you, I, I'm wondering if okay for those of you who are experts or driving to at least for years and years, the question is if you have a vehicle that doesn't quite perform as well in terms of like overall power, but it, it lopes along at lower RPMs like the Cummins, and you want that long-term durability. Do you look at the Cummins in a different way than you do in the high-strung Ford? I'm just curious. Uh, I want your perspective on it. So I'm sorry, continue. Well, yeah, yeah. and I was going to say, uh, we, we had this discussion while we've been driving across country. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of Ram trucks using being used for hotshot driving. Yes, we do. A lot more Rams than other manufacturers, in yep. fact. Um, so, and there is a reason for that, obviously. I mean, a lot of Rams, those basic trucks are probably better value, mm -hmm. maybe initially. I mean, all these trucks are competitively priced. Right. Um, also, Chevys have fairly good on value. Ford seems to be just piling on the features and really Forcing raising the prices. Really, yeah, yeah, raising yeah. the prices because of that. Um, but also, I was told that, you know, a Cummins is a Cummins. You pull up in a truck stop in Texas or Montana, people understand how to fix it if there's an issue. If you pull up on a Duramax or a Power Stroke, they may send you to a dealership. Oh, you know yeah, it makes saying? sense, yeah. But most truck stops understand or have parts for Cummins engines. That's interesting. So, I didn't even think about the truck so stops. So maybe, maybe that's also part of the reason why. That's a really good reason, yeah. So uh, there's pros and cons to all of these, which is what we've been saying, and that's why... It, it is a golden age of trucks because you really can't go wrong with any of them, per se. Um, and they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, it just really depends on your perspective. I, I, I know where I lean, and it's a funny thing because I, I normally with, with like heavy-duty trucks, I, I sort of lean towards rams. Mm -hmm. They just kind of suit me. Yes. Um, then with uh, light-duty trucks, sometimes Ford. But this time, I've been leaning towards the Chevy. I really like the way they did it. I like the interior design. I like the comfort of the ride. Uh, overall performance is pretty damn good. It's not as fast as the Ford, but it is a fairly economical truck, and it seems to be one that is relatively economical to buy as well. Well, this particular one was $17,000 less than the Ford and approximately the same less than the Ram. Yeah. I know it wasn't the high country one, mm -hmm. you know, that could be a little bit more expensive, but still an LTZ Chevrolet has a lot of features. Yes, it does. Ventilated seats, heated seats, heated steering wheel. Decent uh, size screen and all that stuff. Yeah, new interior, refreshed interior. Yeah. Um, so, plus a better value to start at some level. Yeah. I, I know it wasn't complete apples to apples on trim levels, right? There's but, only so much we can do with that, unfortunately. Yeah. So. 
you know what? I'm almost leaning the same way with mm. Chevrolet, even though, you know, Ford is pretty insane to beat. On paper, Ford yeah. is absolutely the king. And not even paper. Look at look at our drag racing. Look at our eye gauntlet. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, the, the Ford we tested was $102,700. Oh God. That is just, well, how much is the yes. Ram? Also 102. No good. 102. No good. No. 85 for the Chevy. I mean, that's ridiculous too, but I mean, <laughs> But uh, comparatively speaking, the prices are just so out of control and I, I know you guys agree but at the other side of it is, yeah, the prices are out of control but people are still buying them. Yeah, so I would I would say you know, I I kind of want to say Chevy, but Ford in the right trim, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I would go for the $102,000 uh, version. Yeah, maybe of knock it. off 20 grand and drop it down to something. Yeah, like a Lariat or an XLT. Mm-hmm. Um I I used to have an XL F150. Yeah. Um and maybe which was plenty of truck for me, but I was missing certain things mm-hmm. like LED headlamps or I was missing, you know, maybe adaptive cruise at some times, you know, cross-country driving. So maybe Excel is not, I mean, it's good for work, but for daily driving, Excel is a little bit too decontent, decontented. Right. So I would go for like something like an XLT or a Lariat, which are also expensive. They can be very expensive already. I would agree. So um, to encapsulate this, I'm uh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to say that let's, I want to turn, yes, so I'm choosing the, the Chevy and Andre's I'm going to go Ford. Ford. Yeah. Um, and, and why not the Ram? It's real simple. The Ram is so solid. However, it's way, way past its prime, I think. There's you know, far too many uh, things that it's lagging. And in addition, its performance numbers just don't match the other two, not even close. Yeah, and it's it's not to say oh it lost a drag race that's why it's bad. No, I know no, 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 that's no. not what no, we're saying. It's, it, it, it's because there's just a lot of components and whatnot on the inside uh, that just don't quite rival the other two. And let's face it, keeping vehicles fresh is part of the game. Well, here and we I think we had a show recently that we discussed ways that Ram can really take the game back mm-hmm. um, and really turn the tables. Um, they can give it a new cab. Yes. Right? So that's one. So the current cab they're using on their heavy-duty trucks came from a previous generation of Ram trucks. And it's a fine cab, except some of the crush protection and uh, worthiness is not quite up to par. Yes, that's, yes. As the latest GM and Fords, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the space, you know, the, the new Chevy, you could recline and lounge in the back seat, you know? Yeah. And so, does, you know, Ford has a little bit more space than the Ram, too. And then... When you're not getting the eight-foot bed in the Ram, their beds are too, almost too short. Mm. You know, the six-foot, four-inch, where Chevy and Ford went to, you know, 10-foot, uh, I'm sorry, six-foot, 10-inch rear uh, short beds, which are a lot more usable. You, you can tow a fifth wheel more easily. Yes, right? yes, that is indeed true. And I know some of you guys are like, well, I, I'd prefer a shorter bed. And we acknowledge that as well. But in terms of overall usability, I think you might agree that having a slightly longer bed, just slightly, makes a big difference. Yeah, and we're talking about, you know, Ford even put cubic yard stamps on their beds. <laughs> you know, when you buy, you buy sand, you know, right. how many cubic yards can and you put? And does, does that Ford have the scale in, integrated? Yes, that's a cool feature. That is a feature that... They desperately need to have on the other trucks. Yeah. It's so cool to have. How many times? I mean, think about just the weigh-ins that you guys have to deal with if you're dealing commercial. This would be a huge helper. 
Yeah, huge help. And I know it's not like certified where you can tell the officer or whatever, oh, my truck said it's this, but it's a guide, right? It can help you load properly and be a level truck. And you know what Ram has that none of the other trucks do? They have air helpers in the back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Air springs. Um, Not a full air suspension on a dually. They have air systems on some of their other heavy-duty trucks. Right. Um, Why is that good? Well, first of all, ride quality is a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Also, self-leveling. That is huge. Yeah. That is huge. Whereas the other ones have to rely on steel springs. Yes, which they still do. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if or when Chevy or Ford will will go to that. I think that is superior. Is is Chevy our Chevy and Ford still using uh, leaf springs? Yes. Okay. No, no coils. No coils. No coils. And I know that's like saying, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Right. Uh, but semi's been using air suspensions for decades. Yeah. Right. Why? Uh, better ride uh, quality, also better cargo quality, because your cargo is not being shaken up. Right. In the same way. Uh, with the air system. It's actually a safety thing, too, because you're able to actually, you know, certain types of maneuvers, you can uh, jack up a little bit of air or detune the air a little bit, yeah. which also will help. And, yeah, I, I get it. The other two probably should have that system. But at the same time, if they have a compromise with their steel springs that works as good as RAM or nearly as good as RAM, I don't know. I, I would rather not get something that will eventually break. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I was to build a perfect truck out of these three, Mm-hmm. I think I would take the drivetrain uh, out of the uh, Ford, probably. No, because really? I didn't quite like I didn't quite like the temperatures it was seeing. Oh, that's right uh, on the mountain. So you you prefer the so, Chevy drivetrain? So train. I would take the Duramax, maybe an an Allison branded transmission out of the Chevy. Uh-huh. I will throw in the towing tech from the Ford, including mm-hmm. the scales. Yes. I would throw in the exhaust brake from the Ram. Yeah, you really like that exhaust yeah, brake. Yeah, it's that. really effective. Yeah. And the air suspension from the Ram. Okay. And then just mash it into this turducken, just, just, just into this one piece. Right, which would be the ultimate truck and thus, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Ram, actually, if they redesign their truck in a year or two, which I think they desperately need. Yes. Um, they could have a way of combining all those features into one. Well, the transmission part, they definitely could. Yeah, they could go shopping for a transmission. Yeah, and, so. and you're, you're very hip on Allison. Yeah. Um, so they could, and we, this is a Not to badmouth the Ison transmission No, no, either. no, but this was a rumor from, what, four years ago, three yeah, years ago? Yeah, a long, a long time ago, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a possibility. And then perhaps, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the front end out of the Chevrolet, maybe Ram would go independent as well. Maybe. I, I don't know if they will or not. It's like a religious uh, I know, debate. I know. And then there's a lot of people like, oh, absolutely, don't you dare take my straight axle. You well, know. because straight axles are easier to lift. Mm-hmm. People love raise it to raise these trucks into the air. Raise and lower them at the same time, yes. which is the most insane thing I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, they, they love putting those big wheels and tires on these. So, yes, there is some a lot of value to those people with straight axles. Yeah. Okay. But but we're talking about, you know, work vehicles that work every day. Yeah, which is what I'd rather, you know, focus on. So, yeah, okay, well, so at the end of the day, you, you definitely have your perfect truck. It's just mixing all three it's of them. It's a turducken. A <laughs> turducken. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound good um, in this context. How about we hit a little bit of news before we close yeah. out? Yes, absolutely. So we uh, wanted to talk about Hyundai, of all things, because they just recently announced and unveiled their new XRT Santa Cruz. 
which I'm sorry to say does not mean it's a new powertrain, nor does it mean it's more off-road capable. Is it lifted? No. I don't really know. It's just a trim. It's just a trim. So guys. it's a cosmetic update. Yeah. So here, I think they fell a little short on this one. I would agree 100%. So first of all, you're an owner of Santa Cruz. Yes, yes. We used to be owners because mm-hmm. we had a long-term Santa Yeah, for Cruz. over a year. Yeah. So we know this vehicle quite well. Yes. Uh, we heard rumblings that a more off-road version, capable version is coming. Kind of the kind sort of, of rumblings. Yeah, and it would compete with the Ford Maverick uh, trimmer or something along those lines. Yeah, and then we saw this official news, <laughs> and it did not live up to that. It's mm. not a. It doesn't have a suspension lift. It doesn't no. have bigger tires. It doesn't have an updated engine transmission combo or anything like that. It has more cladding. Yeah. Uh, different badging. Sometimes you can even get steps for it, uh, which is utterly useless because it's so low to the ground. It's, it's already a, a pretty small pickup, but the interior is still super comfy, right? I mean, the interior oh, they're very is nice. comfortable car. That's why we got one. Yeah. My wife preferred the ride and the feel of the interior of the Hyundai over the Ford. That's really the only reason because I was I was fifty fifty on this. But there's more. Um, something that I discovered driving the Maverick, uh, I put on an old aftermarket roof rack. And this is the roof rack that I used to have way back for my Toyota um, uh, Tacoma. And that was a 2000, what was it? A 2004 Tacoma, I think I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I adored that vehicle. Anyway, so I kept the roof rack because it's universal. And I figured one day I might use it again. And I've tried using it before in some other vehicles. Well, the way I ordered my uh, Hyundai, it did not have one. So I just use this, and you clamp it on and whatnot, and temporary. Well, when I was driving around with it without all the stuff hanging off of it, and the reason I use the roof rack strictly is for cargo, not for looks, but when I was driving around with it without cargo, I noticed that I got a major penalty when it came to MPGs. Just by putting a metal basket on your roof of your pickup. Exactly. Okay. It, it, aerodynamics really matter in this case. I went from averaging between 25 and 27 to 21 and 23. Well, 24, 21 and 24. Whoa. So I basically had a 2.5 uh, MPG loss by using that roof rack. And in addition, I had a nasty whistle coming out of it. Now, to be fair. Yes. Uh, it is not a very aerodynamic roof rack system at all. No, this thing it's, a, is, it's, it's a, square pipes. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's a very simple basic one, and the basket itself is old, and it, it's just it, none of it's particularly aerodynamic. So I would agree with you that you could probably save uh, a little bit by getting you know specially made ones, Tully and whatnot. They um, or Tully, is it yeah, Tully. T- uh, they have more aerodynamic style bars and whatnot, and that would probably help. But nonetheless, it dawned on me how many people out there are leaving their roof racks on or leaving their roof baskets on or their rooftop All year tents. long. Right. And when they're not being used, it's like, guys, you're spending hundreds of dollars extra annually to drive your vehicle around because you're not taking those racks off or you're not taking that rooftop tent off and whatever. And when you're talking about a tiny little pickup truck like this that's specifically built for economy – it's a problem. Now, here's the good news. Yeah. Uh, self-leveling suspension worked really well. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I easily add. I, I probably loaded in a good uh, 12, 1,300 pounds into this thing. So you were moving a bunch of equipment here in your little Santa Cruz, but mm-hmm. it's not doesn't have air suspension. No, no, it, no. It just has regular shocks, but when they go down, 
they can actually kind of ratchet themselves up. It has a memory, essentially, okay. where it remembers its regular ride height, which is just slightly jacked up in the rear. And what will happen is, as it's pumping air into itself, it just goes from one chamber to another and then gets back to its regular ride height. So if you're towing with it or if you're hauling in it, uh, without ha having any expensive, you know, special suspension system, within reason, it will go back to its regular ride height in a couple miles, I believe, um, and you're off to the races. That's especially good with towing. I I towed with it. Uh, it was like uh, 2,500 pounds, mm -hmm. and it, it did dip a bit. And then after I drove just down the street and back, it was perfectly level. So, yeah, nice little setup on there. But just keep in mind, on these little tiny trucks, if you're going to do something like that, especially if you add head, you know, lights to it and all this other stuff, be prepared to spend extra money annually on fuel. Yeah, and that... I think it's another way to illustrate um, the importance of aerodynamics. And this also has to do with even future electrification, right? Yes, it does. Because if your little pickup was electric, you would see another drop, oh, a, range. Similar, a similar drop in range yeah. and a similar drop in um, efficiency. Yeah, that's especially true with electric vehicles because I think it's a more pronounced you know what I mean? Well, because and, the charging is more difficult, Exactly. Right? It's more difficult and immediately – and your vehicle may not – maybe in the future they'll be able to detect that there's a rooftop tent or whatever that you put on your vehicle and it'll go, mm, okay, I'm going to go less miles. But for the most part, at first you're going to be driving and you'll have like a 300-mile range and all of a sudden it's going to drop quickly because it's going to figure out there's something that's resisting that's causing me not to maybe be Maybe by 10% or so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that that's – Pretty major if you think about it. You're losing 30 miles? Holy cow. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. Um, and we've done efficiency testing on some of the dualies already. Yes, we have. Um, so um, Case and I drove the Ford F350 dually we discussed earlier. Uh, by the way, it has a 355 rear axle uh, from Detroit to Denver. We got 17.6 MPG unladen. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were super impressed by that number. Yeah. But um, I think it's a little bit... Um, Kind of in the middle in my expectation, but I think duels have to do a lot with it because all that extra drag, a lot of tire yeah. on the ground, and you're not as aerodynamic. I mean, let's face it, you're pushing a brick through the wind. Yeah, um, and then we uh, also are publishing, as, as you're hearing this new episode of TFL Talking Trucks, we're publishing a long Denver 100 loop with a Chevy dually. Ah, yes. So stay tuned for that because we wanted to do something similar to, to what we did with the Ford, mm -hmm. high speed consistent driving right uh that was kind of a surprise and then we'll do more ram testing ram on my trip from fort collins back to denver mm -hmm. uh with this ram it was also relatively efficient uh and, and until you use that loud pedal if i recall yes the a couple years back when we were testing the heavy duty rams with the cummins yes it actually beat the other two when it came to efficiency when loaded am i correct didn't that happen? That, that wasn't the case like two years ago. It was the previous gen. It, okay, it was further back. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was surprising though. Why? Yeah, because why? you and I were both like, oh my God. Because it's a straight six. It's yeah. meant to do this. Yeah. It's meant to go long distance loaded. Yeah, and they're happy with torque too. Yes. They just they can contend with torque all day and long. And low RPM too, Low right? RPM. They just Very lob happy. around 2,000 RPM at the most, you know. So, so, yeah. So, we're doing efficiency testing because the government doesn't rate these trucks, obviously. Nope. Heavy-duty um, trucks are not uh, rated by the government. And we'll be doing a lot more. And also, we still since we have a lifted Cummins, uh -huh. our Trailhound truck on 37s, uh, I want to do more testing with that. Because we know how it behaved before the lift. 
Now so now we can actually test it. And out I think that list. that's great information. We actually, uh, from our previous uh, talk video, some of you guys were talking about the fact that um, you know we're testing vehicles as they come stock, and we're able to put that information out there. But we also mentioned that unfortunately, once a vehicle is lifted or even gets different tires. Uh, different equipment, then suddenly a lot of those numbers go right out of the window because suddenly they're no longer relevant. It just takes a very small change to make a truck behave very differently. And some of you guys mentioned that. So the good news is now we're going to, at least with one truck, be able to, to measure what it did in the past versus what it's doing now with a lift and larger, beefier tires. Totally, because you're changing aerodynamics and tire drag. Yep. And a uh, lot of factors. Yeah, yeah. rolling ro the rotational mass on the tr on the tires alone, all of that has been added to. Is it going to cause a major change or a minor change? And that will be worth investigating. Yep. So there you have it, guys. Um, thank you for joining us for another TFL Talking Trucks. I was just clicking on that Trailhound video. Yeah, I got some dude running around with a muscle T. What the hell? That's none of us. <laughs> no, I wanted the ROA Afroad camper. Here it is. Uh, Here, here's the video of our of our trail hound, um, and we no longer have the LU cabin, so uh, our friends at Juniper Overland uh, helped us take it off, uh, but we still have the massive AV bumper. We still have the you know the winch. And I think now cars. with that with that LU uh, cab out of there, it probably has a different ride stance too. Right stance and also, of course, different weight. Yes. So everything. Um, well, how so much was that LU, That thing was. That's about weight? 500 pounds. 500 pounds. Yeah. But then accessories were added to it as well. So it may have been closer to six. Uh, so that barely puts a dent in the truck, so to speak, because it can take it. But by pulling that out, we're still going to get a more efficient truck, I think. Yeah. So let us know. Once again, you know, we, we discussed the biggest pickups, the diesels. Yeah. Let us know what you think uh, in the comments below. Yeah. And if you have a problem with drag racing, Please send your messages to Roman Micah, care of TF. <laughs> no, not to us. It's fun. It is, it is fun. fun. It is fun. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.